Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. How you doing? It's the Luke and Pete show. I'm the star of the show, Pete Donaldson, and my sidekick, Luke Moore, is with me wearing tan trousers. I'm a supporting artist. Do you remember when uh, Barack Obama wore that tan suit and it was oh, yeah. the most shocking thing anyone ever People ever seen? Absolutely lost, lost their, their mind, fucking minds. Um, Who? What? I'd give a left ball to be back at that point when that sort of thing was shocking. Um, the the thing is that is, is is it wasn't that long ago, but it was when. There was nothing else to talk about. It was only really right-wing press doing it. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Fox News and all the rest of it talking about how it wasn't presidential for him to wear a tan suit. And you just think to myself, yeah, look at the shit show now. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it is fun though, isn't it? The it's, president it's came exciting. out addressing reporters on Thursday and he was wearing this tan suit. <laughs> tan suit. Ooh, what was that? <laughs> I like that bit at the end. Yeah. Very apparently, enjoyable. August 2014, apparently. Right, okay. yeah. Yeah, that, that, I mean, it's, it's weird to think of a time <laughs> where... There was so little to talk about. Yeah. They have to kind of find angles. And I, and I always say to um, my American family and friends, when the, the subject of Fox News comes up, and actually Fox News has taken a little bit of a sort of slight turn in, in under their new management. And I don't think they're quite... I, I think I'm right in saying... I've not been over there for a little while, but I think I'm right in saying that they've taken a little bit of a... Uh, Cooler stance on Trump recently. I think, I think there, uh, there's definitely something in the water. Trump's certainly been very critical of. But there was talk. That, there was talk that he's briefed like his closest advisors, saying we've got to find a new network here because they're not supporting him because he thinks Fox should be the, the well, propaganda wing of the White House. Basically, I mean, it is very much. It has. It has been. It has it, been it, that. It, previous, it continues yeah. to be with most of the horse. But I think. Uh, I think that's the big plan with with uh, Trump. I think he it, Trump and I guess Bannon was uh, obviously very much on that uh, page. What to have a glorious to, to, to defeat start, and have his own network? Yeah. To Start the whole network, yeah. you know, the yeah. only place where you can be who you want to be, blah, 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 blah. I agree with you. And I, but I was just going to say, I was saying to when, when my, if it ever comes up in conversation, I always say to my American family and friends that, like, we don't have Fox here. I, I'm fairly certain Ofcom told said it couldn't be a news channel here. It's not part, impartial enough. And if they wanted to broadcast it, they'd have to broadcast it on an entertainment channel instead. Right, okay. And I think there was a bone of contention around that. So we don't actually get it here. Mm. I thought um, we did have a Fox channel. I, I think we have got Fox channel, but it's mainly just Family Guy and stuff, isn't it? Uh, yeah, American no, but, Dad. But, but that's Fox Entertainment. That's different. Mm. So Fox Sports is the same. I mean, we have NFL games from 
which is simulcast from Fox Sports here as well. Mm. We just don't have Fox News. But uh, yeah, but I just always just presume because it's Fox not fucking news. news. That's why <laughs> it is not news. It's a load of stupid opinions from fucking idiots. That's why. Um, anyway, um, what was I going to say to you, Donny? Um, oh yeah, something that took my eye this week earlier this week um, it was an was, arrow. Was yeah, took my arrow, took my arrow, took my eye out. Um, was an arrow. No, it was the World Stone Skimming Championships. Oh. Uh, and it's it's one of these kind of British eccentric things, and and I think when I've done um, Hawksby and Jacobs on Talksport, they always get people involved who call in and do things like um, the World Pea Throwing Pea Flicking Championships. And, okay, and there's that old medieval game which takes over a whole village. There's hundreds of people on each side with a big ball, and they have yeah. to try and get from one end of the village to the other. That kind of cheese rolling. Yeah, cheese rolling is another one. But up in Scotland, they do this thing called the World um, Stone Skimming Championships, mm. and it takes place in this little um, island um, off the coast of the west coast of Scotland called Easdale. Right. The reason I it caught my eye is because I've been to Easdale right. and it's amazing. It is an amazing place and it was historically, uh, I think I'm right in saying it was it was built around the small sort of cottage uh, industry of a, of a slate mine which then collapsed. Great for skimming. Quite. Well, yeah, exactly. I don't know if, maybe you could, I don't know if you can use slate for it. For, I think you've oh. got to use stones. But anyway, and it collapsed, and so there's not that many people living there anymore, but it is beautiful. But what's happened is they do it on this steel pond in Easdale, mm. and now um, because old slate quarries that are filled with water are obviously perfectly still, right? Yes. So it's, a, it's an easier way to, to skim so you don't get affected by the waves and all the rest of it. But now apparently it's become such a big... Um, is that you making that noise? <laughs> no, it's. Uh, I think it's somebody changing the water bottle For outside. For goodness sake. For goodness sake. <clears throat> it's become such a... Um, uh, a big event now. People have travelled from all over the world that this that they can't find the slate quarries big enough. Mm-hmm. So people are complaining that actually they need to take it somewhere else because there's not a big enough pond to contain all these massive stone skimmers. <laughs> you bored by that? I'm, I'm just confused. I don't Look, here's a picture. I'll show you. <laughs> here's a picture. Because I saw a video of a guy um, skimming stones who was like the Japanese champion. Has he taken on these? Look. It takes place here. Mm. Right, actually, this is not a really helpful video. Let's just get you a photo instead. Get me a photo, Luke. Get you a photo instead, mate. It it, it takes place there. See? Oh, but the pond's yes, not big and it's not big it's actually not big enough. Can they make a tunnel underneath to, to the think- second lit? Uh, right, how much are they can they not go diagonally? What I was thinking was their houses there. I mean, it's quite a long <laughs> Yeah, but you're not long throwing thing, you're not throwing them up in the air. If anything, if you're throwing a stone and it's hitting a window, you're a terrible stone skimmer. Would you like to do you think you could find an, uh, something that you could become a world champion at? However, well, uh, Gav from RKG, uh, who we both uh, know, is uh, who was at Ramble Live on Thursday. He um, went to, I think it was Iceland or maybe Helsinki, uh, and he tried to become the master at uh, this uh, kind of weird kind of. I can't remember what it's called, like Peggle or something. Not Peggle, but it's like a kind of board game, uh, a little bit like shuffle puck, a little bit like um, air hockey. Not not shuffle hapenny. Say again. Shove hapenny. No, it, it's a, it's a new game uh, by a board game company, sort of thing. And he went to Helsinki. He trained and trained and trained uh, to try and become a world um, a world master at uh, at this particular discipline. It's like hockle or something. It's got a weird name. Uh, and uh, he he tried to do it over the course of a couple of months, try to learn to be as good as possible. Um, and I won't tell you whether he uh, managed it or not, but uh, it's well worth a, a look at the video. I I can't imagine being. I played the same level of a video game called Control on Friday for about three hours uh, and I couldn't get through it. 
and it was only a side quest. I didn't need to get through it, but I was like, no, I'm going to finish this. You get principled, don't you? That's the thing. Ah, but I just got to, I just managed to, I managed to get worse at it every time I played it, which isn't the way it should be. You should be getting better at it. <laughs> there's, there's like, there's like a, definite, I don't have a fight in me. There's definitely elements of these people where they, they invent these kind of weird things. And there, there was genuinely one, which I think was a garden pea throwing competition. Mm. And um, it was, it's done at some pub down in Lewis, I think in Sussex. I think mm. it was, is it pea flicking? I think it would be pea flicking. Right, but then, but then the guy who invented it was just his mates after a piss up one. So they then called it the World Championship, and, it, and then they started to hold it every year, and it a got pee bigger. Up. Call it, it is. yeah, a pee up. It got bigger and bigger every year, and people started to hear about it. And obviously, mm. then people came along who were much better at it. And then right. the original people get quite resentful about it and start, <laughs> and start inventing all these rules. <laughs> so like, so one of the one of the rules, other stuff. I promise this is true. <laughs> there was a situation where after a certain amount of years, these guys came down, yeah. and they were much better. Yeah, but it turned out they were using frozen peas. Oh right! So of course, I've got more weight, so they go further. So they're like, "Well, you, no, you can't use frozen peas." <laughs> you use, and it just got worse and worse. They've cocked their pee. But in the seventies, I've never seen you ever have you ever heard of this? This might have passed you by, and I've got a little clip of it here. Mm. There was an amazing cricketer called Fred Truman, right? And he was a, a proud Yorkshireman, and uh, he 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 kind of had a. It was a bit before my time, but he kind of had a bit of a um, a media career afterwards. And he was known as just being like the most, he's not like the most Yorkshire man of all time, right? And he was just this, this brilliant cricketer, uh, amazing bowler, took, load of, um, took a load of wickets and, uh, for England and all the rest of it. In the 70s, they gave him this vehicle on like, you know when all the TV stations were kind of localised? Mm. So they gave him this vehicle on Yorkshire TV called the Indoor League, where he would basically present a show, pipe in hand, pint of mild. Nice. And it, he would go around um, and they would have bar billiards, shove halfpenny, um, <laughs> darts. Right, yeah. And he would present the show and they would do an update on it every Friday or Saturday night on, on like Yorkshire TV. <laughs> he is the most amazing presenter. <laughs> Listen to how Yorkshire he is. Who counts? He'll be counting down to 100 quid on the bus back to Durham. They'll be flowing up there now, I'll bet. <laughs> Champs of five counties at shove halfpenny. Now, we've shown you a bit of nifty Skittles playing this time but it's not to what you'll see next week, because Skittles players come in all ages and all have individual styles. Jim Porter of Doncaster is 75 and learnt to play in the trenches during the First World War. <laughs> He's basically introducing all these different things. Nice. One of the, it's all on YouTube. One of the clips, and if you're listening from the US, you probably can't understand what he's saying there, but... One of the clips. One of the clips. He he, he introduces um, table football. All right, okay. And he says, "Very modern." There's these lads. There's these lads here. They 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 claim to have never lost a game. <laughs> and he goes over there, and it shows them playing table football. And they're just these bearded, like long hair, like students. It's, it's really really funny. So there's a lot of obscure sports and pastimes out there. Do you know what I wish uh, we did in this country? Um, you see it in uh, the South, I think, mainly in, in the US. Um, the ring, it's a ring on a ring on a string. I don't know what they actually call the the game. It's like a, a quite a discreet hook mm. uh, in the corner of the room, uh, and from the ceiling suspends a ring on a string, and you basically pull it back, release, and you've got to kind of land it into the ring, so it kind of floats over. Um, right. And going back, it obviously drags behind it, and mm. and it, it needs to get hooked on the ring mm. uh, for you to win. Mm. It's like a ring toss, but it's on a string. Yeah, I think you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, up. Yeah. Um, and uh, there was a there was a, a meme or possibly a viral video of a cat doing it. Cat was just grabbing all the string and just they let go and it and it, it hooked on it. the thing. Yeah, it was That's crazy. amazing. But uh, I've done it a couple of times and it, there's nothing more because it's quite graceful. 
kind of the arc of the string and the ring and it hooks and oh it's fantastic stuff I wish we did that in uh, the UK there's a big um, culture in um, certain parts of the United States in the south um, of frog jumping right What's so uh, it's, it's, part, it's just part of the folklore of of, um, of, of communities some communities down there and you, you bring along a frog and if your frog jumps the longest mm. you get a prize right and Mike Calvin I did a ramble meets with he's a uh, very storied uh, and interesting football writer and mm. um, and um, chronicler, I suppose. A lot of his books were made to documentaries and stuff. And he came in for Ramble Meets, and he said for his first interview for his first journalism job back in the seventies, they said, "Oh, um, put together, give me six hundred words on frog jumping." Mm. Obviously, before the internet, before anything, mm. he ended up uh, ringing the U.S. Embassy, saying, "Well, if you can help me, I'm looking for someone who knows about frog jumping." He put him in touch with someone else. He put him in touch with someone else, <laughs> and he, get, he found someone like in the middle of nowhere in Amazing. the U.S. and did the whole frog jumping thing. Yeah. <laughs> but if you're listening to this and you've got a claim to fame around some obscure sport or pastime, you should get in touch. Hello at mm. lukeandpeach.com. I'd love to hear from you know the Britain's best, you know, Magara. ice <laughs> ice lolly eating. Champion or something. Absolutely, you know, that's first that, yeah, that's a real risk for like uh, you know uh, brain freeze. The first thing you Constant went for was buggering, freeze. and the first thing buggering, I went for was buggering. It with Britain, didn't it? Ice lolly. Um, did you? Uh, we, when we were doing um, a ramble show uh, last week, we were um, obviously the, the the Portsmouth horse puncher error. Uh, and I googled horse punching, and uh, did you see that? Um, it's not a championship, is it? <laughs> I hope not. Um, and and you know this is going to upset a, a few people, but I mean it's a little peach show. You, you know what you're in for. Uh, it, it's 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 a rather upsetting spot. But apparently, in parts of I think so, it's some South Asian uh, country. I think it might be the Philippines. Um, it's uh, they do in very small, obscure kind of little towns. They do horse fighting. Two right. horses. They get a, 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 a woman horse. Mare in, in heat. Yeah. Uh, and uh, these two um, horses just fight and kick the shit out of each other. I've never seen anything like it. It's horrible. Have you ever seen giraffes fighting? Giraffes fight? Yeah, they whack each other with their necks, don't they? The head on the necks, yeah. Imagine it's the brutal. power. They've I'd got, love to measure the power of they've that. They've got horns on there. Yeah, yeah the, the, the pressure per square inch. Yeah, because yeah. they've got... It's a lot of... Uh, it's a lot of um, it's it's lengthy and they've got a lot of whip behind whip, it. A lot of whip. It looks brutal. <sighs> I've never seen it before. And, Beautiful. And it was on some David Attenborough documentary mm. on that on that um, on that measuring the power thing. There was um, obviously as a remember Ricky Hatton. He was a world championship boxer. Mm. I think light light welter or welter, and he fought a guy called Costa Zoo. It's probably one of Hatton's, if not his best performance. Certainly one of his best performances. And he famously kind of just crippled the guy with a body shot into right. the ribs. The guy for a fraction of a second left his ribs exposed and Hatton just munched him in the ribs and that was his game over. I think, he, I think he retired on his stool at the end of the 10th round or something. Jeez. Anyway, someone was measuring just by the data, I think, I suppose, or by watching it or whatever, the pressure per square inch in that punch. And he was saying like for the for the surface area and for the power, it was like the, it was like a sledgehammer. It was it was roughly equivalent to a sledgehammer. <laughs> Hatton's always Probably there. Like four of his ribs. Hatton's always there in the ring because he's a, he's a coach now, isn't he? But he's, Training, he's yeah. always he's always there in the ring when he uh, when like old boxers are around. Like he lo- he's, we spotted sparring with Frank Bruno, who's an incredible Nick for his age. Yeah, uh, Nigel Ben as well is back for a fight. I think. Yeah, he is. Uh, yeah. Was he fifty odd? Um, and, That's and quite controversial. That, that. Um, mm. yeah, Nigel Ben's back at fifty five, and uh, I was speaking to Adam Catterall, who's a boxing expert, mm. and he was saying that he's not actually bothered about Nigel Ben having a a last dance, as he calls it, because right. he's you know, he's set of sound mind and bodies in great shape, and mm. if I thought that that's what he wants to do, that's fine. But the the list of opponents that he wanted have all said no, and so now he's fighting this guy called Sakio Bika, who was like a world level fighter about right. two years ago, yeah, and he's a lot younger. 
So people, I think, are a bit scared for Nigel Ben's safety. He's one of those guys. He was always one of those guys who was a bit too brave for his own good. Mm. His son's a fighter now, a really well-respected fighter. I was, I was reading about... Um, people sort of forget about Prince Nassim Hamed and how uh, many... He only got, like... He only lost once, didn't he? Like, what, like people kind of... Yeah. He And he and also, didn't he win... He won a belt that he'd never fought at. I couldn't really figure that out. He fought, like... He got given a championship belt for a weight that he never actually fought at. I so don't know, I didn't know that. Back in the back in the day, I, I don't really that. know how that happens. I, I, again, I looked at it, went, I'll store that in my brain, and I won't even go that much further on it. No, I, I've no I idea about that. How. But I, I remember when he was beaten. Yeah, he got beaten at the end of his career. I think he had one comeback fight after that, but he was beaten at the end by Marco Antonio Barrera. Um, but essentially, I think I'm right in saying that um, he didn't really take training very seriously mm. and I think towards the end of his career when he was massive I mm. mean he believed big his boy. own hype quite big a lot boy. he was the, but the thing about him he's a big he's a massive now oh yeah he is yeah but back in the day mate he was unbelievably exciting he was like mm. the, the, a very rare f- sort of species of boxer where he was a genuine one punch knockout artist it, mm. it wouldn't it wouldn't be like it would be accumulation of fight punches and he would just he would batter people into submission and stuff I mean he obviously could do that but he had such power for his weight division that he was a knockout artist. If he mm. hit you on the button, you were, you were going to sleep. Mm. And that is what counts in boxing in terms of get putting Money, bums on the seats. Yeah. And with all the, with, with all the glamour around him as well. But I, I don't think... The flip and the music though. There used to be this brilliant podcast. Oh, that was brilliant. There used to be this boxing podcast called, I think it's called Boxing Clever. I don't think it's around anymore. And one of the guys who were on that, he was saying, I think he was saying that towards the end of his career, Hamed, he wasn't really even training. Mm. He was just doing his thing. Mm. And up against like a teak, tough, well-respected, world-level fighter like Barrera, this tough Mexican guy, he just got he just got schooled, basically. Right. And after that, he didn't, he didn't fancy after that. Mm. I just don't think he wanted to do it after nah, that. He'd made his money. He certainly had, and he spent it. Um, I, I didn't know that, um, something I learned this week, seconds out yeah. means the people in the corner yeah, rather the than the time. Yeah, it's not the time. Uh, yeah. Because you know that um, you know where that comes from. That comes from I think I'm right in saying um, back in the day when they used to have duels. Right. So, so what you would do, you would settle a debate or a dispute with a duel, mm. where you'd walk ten paces, turn and shoot. Yeah. And um, Ve- I mean, very. You've got to be really into your fucking convictions to agree to a duel. Well, it's how people who have seen the um, the musical Hamilton. That's how Alexander Hamilton mm. died. I mean, he didn't. He never became president of the United States. I don't think he could have done anyway because I don't think he was born in the U.S. But anyway, he died quite a young man in yeah. a duel. Um, but they used to. The way that it used to work is you would you would you would take issue with something, mm. and you would arrange a duel, and then you have a second who would who would who would treat with the other guy's second to see if they could work it out. And if they couldn't, right. it would be seconds out and, and then you'd the, fight. The shooting. You'd shoot. And, it's, and, and the seconds are now called that in boxing as well. So when it says seconds out, round number 10, it means get the fuck out of the ring because yeah. we're getting it on again. Because like, there's a very real chance you're going to die. Why would you not just draw early? Because <laughs> you'd shoot him and you win and well, that guy would be dead or very damaged. I think, I think you'd be in big trouble for that. And I think a, lot of, get shot? a lot of them on principle used to shoot up in the air to show they were quicker. And they could have done it if they wanted, but oh. they wouldn't shoot you. I mean, that, again, that's risky as well, because if you shoot up in the air and you get shot anyway, it's like, well, you know. Yeah. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Weird. Yeah. I think that might have happened to Alexander Hamilton's son, in fact. Oh. Maybe. Who knows? Anyway, let's, let's have a little break and then we'll do some emails. Uh- hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. 
So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. All right, then. The problem appears... Oh, I don't like one. We did that last week. Look at this! I'm a big terrorist with my cat! <laughs> From the same show uh, where people get angry at Luton Airport, uh, there was a French lady who'd brought a cat, mm. and she shouldn't have. Look at me! I am a big terrorist with a cat! Why would you take a cat with you? To see how big the plane is, swing it around. Yeah. How big is a plane? You could you could you quite could literally swing, swing a cat, a cat in, there. in there. Um... I, I feel like it's sad when you have to do that, take cats like that, because they get so nervous. My cats don't mm. like going in the car for five minutes. No. Uh, so I think there should be a humane way of travelling travelling with them. I don't understand why there's not a part of the plane where you can just stick all the animals and you all can go and animals. visit them. Generally speaking, there aren't any animals, are there? What do you mean? Well, they're on the cargo hold, aren't they? Don't no. they get put in the pressurised cargo hold? Do they? Animals, yeah. What, every flight? Well... Some flights, so you can't, like most places, most um, airlines insist that you put them in the cargo hold, but the cargo hold has to be pressurised because otherwise yeah. the, the animals do die. Yeah. <laughs> the animals do die now. They can't breathe. They can't breathe. Yeah, that, in um, which case, that's two birds with one stone. Get the people who are nervous flies in there and they can hang out <laughs> with the cats. <laughs> yeah, exactly. What if you're terribly allergic though and you're a nervous flyer? But it's, proven to re- it's proven to relieve stress, isn't it? Having a pet and stuff. <clears throat> yeah. I think so, yeah. Stick insects. You should try it, man. Yeah, you should yeah, try it. Um, hello at lukeandpeach.com is the email address to get in touch with us. Pete, have you got an email there? I was, uh, actually, before we get emails, uh, I was watching a video about a um, pilot for, I think, Delta who flew from um, Vietnam right. into uh, the US uh, to um, bring back his, his, his deceased father. His deceased father had uh, flown in Vietnam and got shot down. Right. Crashed, died, um, and his body's been buried on Vietnamese soil ever since. Um, and this uh, pilot on a commercial flight flew his dad's body back 50 years after the event or wow. something. Uh, landed and... Uh, so he got all uh, the relevant permissions to get him to be buried yeah, back in the US. Yeah, exactly. So, so, and, um, amazing, though, we knew where he was. Oh, mate, I, watching that video, him, his, the pilot kind of... Telling the pa- passengers on the, uh, I'm not really sure why they told the passengers, but because um, yeah. if there is a body on, it, it, in most flights you'll there'll be a body, won't there? Um, don't know. Again, <laughs> that they don't need mind, the pressure. They don't mind, need the pressure. It's no, fine. In your mind, there's 400 animals. Yeah, a, a dead body on every flight. Exactly. Yeah, as there should be. Mm. Um, but uh, yeah, they uh, and, and this pilot was describing as is uh, um, that he's flown his father back, and then the co-pilot uh, obviously told the told the people about. Um, what this flight has has meant to the pilot and stuff, and I was like in fucking tears. I was like, oh, oh I was gone. You're hungover. Yes, yeah. I was. Mostly. Adam has come in with an email. Thank you, Adam. Um, <laughs> really, I don't believe this for a second. Hi, guys. Uh, but why should that stop you emailing in and no, us reading out? It shouldn't. I thought I'd share a somewhat unusual story with you. I heard a few years ago about my sister's friend at university. 
Never happened. Uh, she had been suffering... Oh, don't read this out. This is bullshit. This is one of the worst apocryphal myths ever. Well, let's read I, it out anyway. No, it's rubbish. What do you mean? All right, read it out, but it's bollocks. Do you just want truth on this uh, podcast? Because we've I read out some, some absolute no, bollocks I in, want, the, in the... I want something that I can at least have a semblance of an idea that might be truthful in some way. She had been suffering from a, from a sore throat, so decided to make a trip to the doctor. Upon inspection, the doctor noticed some unusual swelling in the back of her mouth. A sample was taken to run some tests to see what kind of bacterial infection had invaded the poor girl's mouth. Returning home with some antibiotics, she thought nothing more of it until she received a phone call asking her to come into the doctor's surgery immediately. Upon her arrival, she was shocked to be greeted not only by the doctor, but also a team of police officers. This shock was nothing compared to her reaction when told that they had been called because traces of human flesh had been found in her mouth. (laughs) During questioning at the police station, they asked... uh, whether she had travelled anywhere unusual recently. It had turned out she'd uh, just visited Budapest and while on a night out had kissed a man at a local nightclub which immediately aroused suspicions. After con- contacting Hungarian police to try and ta- track down the said man, it turned out he had just been arrested and charged with murder. Essentially, he had killed several people and eaten some of the remains of raw. Uh, when kissing the girl in the nightclub, some of the traces of raw human flesh had been transferred to her mouth, causing the infection. I've uh, tried to find a link to the article of his arrest. However, I've been unable to thus far. That's a surprise, isn't it? Strange, that. Perhaps cannibalism isn't newsworthy in Hungary. However, uh, the story is completely genuine and remains one of the maddest things I've ever heard. Right. Adam in London. He enjoyed the ramble live last night, he said. So be careful. Temper your attitude. No, you don't have to, because I mean, he's not, almost certainly not coming back. So. All right, okay. Um, I um, have a lot of problems with this story. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. One that springs to mind instantly right. is... She had been kissing a random guy in a nightclub. Mm-hmm. They yeah. just found him. Yeah. Just found him. Found the random man. Just yeah. found him, yeah. No problem. Yeah. What, a, what, a bloke that you kissed? Yeah, I'll find him. No well, problem. Well, no, 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 no. They, they probably went, has any uh, body in Hungary been arrested for cannibalism? They didn't do any of that because none of it fucking happened. <laughs> <laughs> didn't do any of it. No. Why do people make up these things, Pete? What do you mean? Well, I'm not saying Adam made up No, no, I'm not either. He's just story. been told it, I expect. Yeah. I'm not shooting the messenger. Mm. But it's like the one where the guy says, oh, um, it was the one where the woman goes back to a guy's house. And uh, she goes to the toilet and she ends up going for a shit, but the toilet's not um, working or something. I'd say that's more believable. So the guy says, I'll let yourself out when you leave. and But she um, she can't go to it for a shit, so she puts it in a plastic bag mm. and she means to take it with her, but she forgets and leaves it on the side, but then she locks herself out and so she's left a turd in the in the room. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. You remember that one? Yeah, yeah, Bollocks. Yeah. Probably happened once originally. Well, then the story works then, surely. Yeah, maybe. I mean, the story that that, that actual thing happened. This didn't happen because yeah. what you do as a doctor, you uh, what you do is you 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 take the biopsy, you take the, the thing, and then and then you run a test for human flesh. Bearing in mind, you already assume there's human flesh in there. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Very weird. <laughs> what what we should do is every every show, Pete, we should do the emails as we normally do. And we should do a made-up one and people should try and be able to guess which one it is next, next time. <laughs> it will be increasingly um, difficult. Anyway. Thanks for getting in touch anyway, Adam. It's not your fault. You got so angry at the start of that. I don't want to read this because out. I, this isn't true. Do you know why? I can't Google it on my internet. Because last, last night I was tired. Right. And um, This morning you're tired. I am. In a right old grumble. Grouchy. I was going through my prep for the shows um, this week and mm-hmm. I read that and I thought, do you know what? That's just wasted fucking five minutes of my life. I'm never going to get back. Anyway, Claude, Pilot Claude has been in touch. Pilot Claude, je regarde le flying bird. Je... D'accord. <laughs> flying. Je God. regarde le grand hélicoptère. <laughs> uh, he says, hi guys, it's a lesser known Pilot Claude. Oh. Um, I, I think his name, his full name might be Claudio. So maybe he's oh. actually Italian. Uh, I'm up in the Claudios. Yeah. <laughs> Is that offensive? 
probably not. Not it, Claudio. Oh, oh Pete, sorry, he's actually from Jamaica. <laughs> well, that doesn't that doesn't reference. There's no nothing Jamaican related in the sky, is there? Cloud, Claudio, it works. Yeah, I've true. got nothing for. Pilot Claude said he just quickly thought he'd clear up the mobile phone on a plane issue. Okay, good. Pete was right about the rules stemming from worried airlines about mobile phone technology interfering with their radio slash ATC communication. Think of phone receiving a text next to an old amp hi-fi mm. kind of thing. Don't know the technicalities as to how this would have happened. As time has gone on, though, the realistic isn't a problem anymore for us. The rule could probably be scrapped, although the airlines now like it. It should mean that more people pay attention to the safety briefing. Mm. Safety briefing is, of course, a crucial legal requirement and covers the airlines as to a degree if something bad was to happen. I hope it clears it up. I've got a few other interesting stories that I'll get in touch with again when the time is right. All right, Claude. (laughs) Mysterious. Thinks he's deep throat in (laughs) X-Files. You'll hear hear from me when you need to hear from me. Mm. Just don't email us about some cannibal. Deep throat. (laughs) That's where they found the flesh, guys. It is. Um, Yeah. Uh, so I mean it's rare that you read out an email that basically fortifies my opinion yeah backs me up I'm probably going to get pelters about my uh, dueling knowledge earlier because all my knowledge comes from just watching Hamilton (laughs) so it's probably all wrong anyway (laughs) yeah oh I love it you Uh, got another one there mate my internet's gone down Oh, I'll level with you mate my internet's gone on my tiny laptop my tiny baby laptop I've got another one here anyway okay then hang on a sec I'm just writing that down Mm. Um, this is from Tom in Cheshire Says, I'm a few episodes behind, so sorry if you've covered this ground already, but you've been talking about songs with the same titles. Okay. A pub quiz question I remember from about 10 years ago was that The Power of Love has been number one three times, each time a different song. Um, He said, but who were the three different artists? Well, at the time, the answer was Frankie Goes to Hollywood, Huey Lewis in the News, and the one that everyone would probably struggle with, Jennifer Rush. I I know Jennifer Rush's one. I am your lady and you are my man. Oh, banger. Yeah. Proper um, um, Celine Dion vibe. He says not necessarily, oh, massively. He says not necessarily the uh, best songs with the same title, but definitely chart toppers. Um, the Frankie Goes to Hollywood version may well have been number one again since then, but the breathy piano version of the John Lewis advert um, might, have, might have taken mm. it there. He said, I don't know if any other title can boast as many number ones. If you can think of a title of a song that's got more number ones um, than that, then let us know. Mm. I think Frankie Goes to Hollywood, The Power of Love, has been number one more than once, and I'm going to check. I think it has as well, you know. Mm. Quite recently. I'm, well, I'm just checking, Pete, so you want to just do your thing. All right, then. Do you want, do you want another email? Yeah, sure. <laughs> Wait, let's back up. Uh, hello to uh, Richard, Richard Ashfield. Uh, I came across this one in a bar in Ocean Beach, California. It tells a story of what I think may be an, an original, uh, non-technological viral takeoff. Um, and it's basically this uh, piece about the beautiful mystery of Gary Carp. Gary Carp. Gary Carp. Right. Uh, basically, um, there is a person who found <laughs> found a, a glorious headshot of what was presumably an actor uh, in a dumpster behind uh, someone's house, I think. And uh, this guy's name is Gary Carp. Uh, but this is his face. How would you describe that look? Androgynous. Also. Androgynous, yeah. kind of uh, big eyebrows, um, a lot of very dense hair, bit of a mullet. And uh, yeah, he's clearly an actor. Um, so... Uh, this basically viral movement in the, um, I think, uh, sort of late 90s, um, it kicked off with people printing out pictures of Gary Carp uh, and people travelling all around the world um, putting pictures of Gary Carp up. There's a picture of him um, nailed to a tree next That's to Chichen Itza there. Yeah. Um, how did that happen though, Pete? Because people wouldn't know who he was, would they? What do you mean, as in? So how do they replicate it? 
Um, well, I guess in the early days, I don't know how it went around, but friends gave copies of it to friends and people would copy, copy, copy. And it just found its way all around the world, pictures mm. of Gary Carp. And I think they found the guy in the end and uh, basically... Um, they caught him. What, what the they was, caught him. What the deal was. Uh, Pete, around they 2000... caught him. They caught him. Yeah. I mean, the scale of that is quite large, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. You finished? <laughs> You are tired. <laughs> Around 2000 or 2001, the real Gary Carp finally caught wind of what was going on. His wife at the time freaked out and called a detective. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Uh, to be honest with you, I wondered if there was a way to profit off it. <laughs> I don't know if there's any way to do that. It's just kind of a joke more than anything. So there yeah, we go. It'd be annoying to be a subject of that and not be able to benefit from it. Any yeah, the away. Gary Carp movement hit its peak in 2004 with the 10-year Gary retrospective, aka the TYGR. Um, the kid out of the Nirvana um, picture tried to, to try to sue Nirvana for money, which yeah. I found very Well, funny. to be fair, they put his little winky up there. Well, I mean, I, the father and the mother were... Parents were, yeah. were, uh, were given money for it. They sanctioned it. Second um, it. I can confirm that Frankie Goes to Hollywood's The Power of Love um, went to number one yep. uh, when it was released in the, in the sort of early to mid-80s. Um, and then it reissued and recharted to hit the number 10 in 1993. And then number six in 2000, a cover version of by Gabrielle Applin uh, went to number one in the UK exactly 28 years after the original single. So um, that sounds like an X Factor uh, person. I think it was the advert. I think it was the John Lewis oh, advert, maybe. okay. Yeah. Okay. Can't confirm or deny that, but yeah. that's the chart history, the potted chart history of The Power of Love by Frankie Goes to Hollywood. A force from above. Cleaning my soul. <laughs> Good song. Excellent Make song. love your goal. Is that how we're going to end the show? <laughs> you can't be non just shrugging. Just shrugging. Just shrugging. Can't be non-verbal. Can't be non-verbal. No one ever so says that to me. Over, crying out loud. Hello at LukeandPeach.com to get in touch. We'd love to hear from you if you've got anything on the subjects we've discussed or anything different or perhaps an apocryphal tale you want to try and convince us is true. Or maybe you want to take a picture of some KFC uh, gravy because I, I, I had not seen the picture of the um, the guts and the and the glory of what was um, at the bottom of the tray that was sent yeah. in by, by that gentleman uh, last week or rather Monday. So uh, I've now well. seen it. I've now seen it. It's, uh, yeah, I've kind of changed my opinion on that to be honest. It looks pretty rough. <laughs> yeah. Not the worst thing you've eaten this week though, Pete. No, God no. Uh, we'll see you on Monday. Have a lovely weekend. Come see us live, ramblelive.com. You won't regret it. It's lots of fun. Uh, we'll see you soon. Bye-bye now. Was a Stakhanov production.